Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday morning services. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. If you should have any questions or comments during the service containing what we're talking about, the topic, feel free to call in at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. I appreciate you tuning in around the world. It's, it's absolutely amazing. We get emails and those little text things from folks around the world, and I absolutely appreciate it. Good morning to everybody here. Good I'm glad you guys are here. I am um, a little excited about today's topic, but before I get rolling, any questions about last week or anything that happened? Any questions for me? Nobody had a life again, huh? Wow, no wonder I have a great life. Um, you trying to make your mind up? Yes, sir. Uh, of course. Uh, of course. Now, I do, and I do have a small, uh, small thing to say. I always, I always, go on the, uh, I always go on the belief that whenever, uh, that whatever happens to me, I always have, uh, is, uh, has a purpose in guiding me to where I uh, where I, uh, should, uh, where I should go, where I should uh, choose to be. Yeah, that's a good point. The primary purpose of things happening to you is to show you your relationship with God. That's why things happen. If you didn't have good versus evil, you wouldn't know if you were a child of God or not, if you have not been born again. You would not know. There's no other way to know. And so if you overreact to life, you have not found him. It is impossible absolutely impossible to overreact to life and, and be a child of God. It's impossible to be angry and be a child of God. If you have anger, you're going to overreact to life. If you don't have it, you, you cannot overreact to life because you're not living from the outside, you're living from within. And most people, in the name of Jesus, are living from without. They have not really, really, really found God. And so if you understood that, when people are mean to you or, you know, situations happens in life, you won't take it so personally because you understand it's to make you, it's to show you your relationship with God. So you don't mind if people don't like you or you don't mind if you lose something. Uh, you know, you're not afraid to let go of things because it just shows you your relationship to God. That's what it's all about. And if you can truly, truly understand that, you can live a free life all the time. Because life brings on so many situations. And, and people don't understand why they take it personally. It's a big mistake. So you're absolutely right. Yes, I think to make a point, a point, I saw a, a movie. Uh, if you're, there was this movie uh, years ago called The Song of Ber uh, Bernadette, which is a based on true sto uh, story of, of a, young, a young French girl named Bernadette Su uh, Subaru. The mother, okay, in one scene, the mother superior was jealous of her. Because she, uh, because of seeing the uh, seeing the matchless conception of the virgin, uh, she asked her, "Why did uh, why could she a uh, young girl see her when she worked all her life life for what's right uh, right couldn't see her? Probably because when um, it's how uh, I guess it's probably because she it's the fact that she never reacted to uh, reacted to it the way anyone else did. Uh, did. Yeah. How many people believe that it's impossible to? overreact to situations in life if you are born again. 
how many people believe that that's possible? Yeah, and yeah, I'm telling you. And that's the difference between people of the world and those of God. You can tell people of the world, they get mad just like that. But when you're born again, you can't get mad because it's not personal. And you can see that it's not. You know, I had a preachers calling my radio show day in and day out, just, you know, I mean, just calling me all kinds of names. They have no <coughs> compassion for me at all. I could be wrong in what I'm saying, but they get so mad in the name of Jesus that they can't even help me because they're overreacting already. You can't help another person when you are mad already. This is how parents mess up the lives of children. They're trying to correct their children with anger and just messing up the child's innocence, taking it away from him or her. And so uh, that's why God said we must be born again. We must enter into the kingdom of heaven so that when we deal with our children, when we deal with the world, we'll be, we can be in it but not of it. It cannot control us. Last week we talked about the invisible becoming visible. Remember that? Yes. Did anybody find out what that meant this week? Oh, you forgot about it as soon as you left. Did you, did you think about it? Yes. And you, couldn't find, you, you don't know what it is yet? Well, uh, I mentioned something last week. Uh, but you were wrong. No, I was not wrong. You were right about it? Yes. And what was it? I said uh, that, uh, gee, uh, what did I say? <laughs> See, if you were oh, right, yes. you remember. In other words, in other words uh, what we do in our lives is... Uh, the invisible finding expression in us, what we do in our lives. That's what you came up with this week? That's, oh, that's, what, what, I said, said that's what I said last week. Oh, okay. And so when God said that invisible will become visible to you, you think that's what he means, what we do in our lives? Uh, one of the things. It means a whole lot more besides that. Uh, how do you know it means a whole... The reason I'm asking because it's not enough for the preacher to tell you. You need to know for yourself that you know that you know. And I can just come and tell you what it is and it's not yours, it's mine. But when you, just as I have to discover this, God wants you to discover it too. He made it possible for all those who are seeking him to find what they're looking for. And so I don't like, I could come in and just tell you exactly what it is. And you'll go, oh yeah, wow, that makes sense. But you walk out of here and somebody come and just wipe you off. You know, first little situation, you're out of it. And so that's why I, I want you guys to start thinking for yourself and seeking what is right so that you can find it for yourself. Anybody else thought about it? Yes, sir. Just to add something, because it came to mind last uh, Sunday, uh, the invisible being made visible is the creation. You can see the beauty uh, of creation and the, uh, the incredible energy displayed in, 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 if you look out into <laughs> space, and I mean, I could go on and on, or, or, or the miracle of, uh, of my body, everybody, you know? How did that all come about? How did that, how did that come yeah. about? It is truly the invisible being, becoming, I mean, we can see the, in, in, uh, how shall I say that? <clears throat> yeah, it's the invisible expressing itself uh, in, in, in us, in everything that you, that you can put, I mean, lay your eyes on, so to say. How many people accept that, agree with that? You don't agree with it? Why not? Revelation. You would say revelation. What does that mean? What do you mean, revelation? Something's revealed to you that you probably had a question or you were like confused about. Okay. You say you agree with with him. Yeah. And why do you agree? 
that the invisible is the, is all the wonderful things you just said. How, well, because everything was created by God, so, um, and something I saw too that I, I believe that also it means that it's love that the spirit is love. So when you express that, that's that's like God's spirit becoming visible when you act in that. And, and how many people accept that? This is a fellowship, not like. A, a, what do you mean accept it? Like, I mean agree with it. You guys can relax. It's not a test. We're like here to just fellowship and and uh, testify one to another. We're not, you don't get an F for this. But something also I saw a while ago was, um, uh, I saw it like I was driving my car and the car, like somebody put together this car. I mean, not somebody, a lot of people. You know, they, they, <laughs> Ford company. Yeah, I mean, well, I have a Toyota, but I mean, you know, all the, the industry that put it together and the, the ideas that, came together to put together my car or any, or just about anything, those are all ideas given to people. And, and you think that's the invisible become invisible? It's part, it could be part of it, yeah. Yeah, it is part of it. I don't know if that's exactly what that part of the scripture is referring to, but but that, but every everything, every good thing on earth is given through an idea, whether people realize it or not, and God's putting all those ideas in people. Did, in the back, did you have your hand? Yeah. In agreement, or you have a question? Yeah. Well, you say that you agree with that, and I kind of agree with Fabian. I mean, I don't know particularly what this Bible verse means necessarily. It might have a specific meaning. Did you think about it this week? Uh, a little bit, you know. But let but, me ask this, um, and, and I'll come back to okay. your thought. God said that we should think on these things first. He said we should think about these things, heavenly things. We should think about things like this. It doesn't. It doesn't seem that um, you're not. It, it seems to me that you're not thinking about these things. Is it hard to think about these things during the week? Well, can I finish my? Yeah. First and, of I, all, I, and I'll come back to it. Yes. First of all, I, I do think of these things. It may not be the same thing you may be talking about. There, there might be something I'm discovering, and there is week to week that I'm going through and discovering like particular things. I mean, what I mean is that we come on Sunday and I say, let's talk about the invisible become invisible. Right. And it, it's not resolved that Sunday morning. Right. I say, okay, I'm not going to tell you the answer. Think about it this week so it'll be yours. Do you think about it during the week? Yeah, this one I didn't think about that much. Oh, okay. I will say. But most of the time you think about most spiritual things because that's what's more important than any other thing in life. If you can understand spiritual things, your physical needs will be taken care of. You know, he'll always show you how to work out issues in your life. But he wants you to put first thing first. Yeah. So do you think about, you say you do think about these things? Yeah, I, I thought about it a lot during this week. And, and what you, what, any, any solution, an answer to it? I don't any solutions, but right. as I'm Well, solution is the wrong word. Any understanding from it or anything? As I uh, went through the week and doing the things that I, I did, I thought about, um, I looked at things, um, I don't know, to determine whether it was visible or invisible. And, and what I mean by that is whether it was um, me or outside of me. Um, and the, the scripture that you just, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, you know, if there be any 
and, and I, because of what I was doing this week, right. I had to put myself in a place where um, I deliberately uh, encouraged myself to look at the spiritual and not look at what was seen. That's, I'm glad to hear that because if I could get people to start to uh, get to know themselves, pay more attention to yourself than anything else, life will start to unfold for you. That's what holds people back. They're not really paying attention to self. Their focus is on something else outwardly, and you're never going to find what you're looking for outwardly. It's never going to satisfy you. It's not, spiritually, it's just not set up to work out for you. It just creates another problem. You think you have it, and it just adds to problems in your life. It never bring happiness, complete happiness. So that's why, you, you know, if I can just get you guys to start thinking about these things during the week, then you'll come back here with great testimonies. You really, really will. Even, you know, when I was at Kent's little fancy party, you know, having a good time, I'm still, I keep my eyes on myself because I know that's where it is. I can keep my eyes on myself and have a great time in life. Really, a better time, to be honest with you. Because when you're keeping your eyes on yourself, you're not insecure when dealing with people. You have no fear, no doubt, no worry, no nothing. No grief. Isn't that amazing to have a life without grief? And I used to have a, a, a life of grief. My middle name was Jesse Grief. <laughs> It was, it was Jesse Grief until lately Nigger Peterson. <laughs> That's what it was. But I, I have a life of no grief. And, and it's amazing to live that way. But he has it set up like that for us. Christ came and made it possible. And all we have to do is accept it. But the, the issue is how do you accept it? You know, how do you accept it? Let me just ask this. The things you and, and uh, Faber said, does it... Does it feel like what you're saying is true, or does it feel like you're guessing at it? No. For myself? I mean, I don't want to use the word feel like. I mean, does it appear that you're guessing at it based on information you've already heard, or this new revelation that you've discovered about the invisible becoming invisible? It's a revelation I've had a long time ago. Oh, well, that's an old one. You need to throw that one out. No, but, uh, but, uh, but nevertheless... <coughs> It's, uh, how shall I say, I mean, it's plain to see. It's what? It's plain to see. That, that's what it means by the invisible becoming invisible? As far as the creation is concerned, absolutely, yes. Uh -huh. And that's from old information you had? No, I mean, uh, for, uh, I could give you an example. You know, in other words, uh, Robert was into, uh, was into astronomy, so we, we used to have those outings and went out there and, and watched the star, and, and, and I, I started to realize the incredible, inconceivable, you can't even express it, um, uh, energy that is existing. And it's all pointing back to the invisible. It really is. Okay. You see? And, uh, but then, then you look around and... Uh, and the reason I'm asking, does it feel like this is revelation you receive from, you know, revelation or you're guessing at it, you gotta, you need to understand that the mind plays tricks on you too. And so if you have old information, and which is true, could be true information, it goes much, much deeper than what the old information is. And a lot of people, they, you know, they do get truth, right? Some truth. And they live off that as though there is no more truth. No. And then everything is centered around what we've learned in our mind about truth. 
And the one thing I want to tell you, you cannot, cannot ever, 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 never trust your mind. You cannot trust it at all. And it, it is so wicked, your thoughts are so wicked that it'll pick up on anything and build up on it as though it's true. It really will. And it'll have you thinking, oh yeah, I have it. It's about the stars and the moon and how incredible it, and, 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 and it looked like it's true. That's why you gotta avoid, you gotta doubt your thoughts because there's no truth in thoughts at all. It's, all, it's evil, your thoughts are evil. It's of the devil, your father the devil. And that's why God said we have to overcome the imagination. You can't, so as a man thinking, so as he is, and you can believe from the thought that it is about the stars, the moon, and the energy and all that, right? And it may be some truth in that, but your thoughts, which is of the devil, use you, lock you in there, and everything about truth now is based on that. Isn't that right? I know people, I told them, you know, you need to stop hating your parents. Get over your parents. And they'll say, oh yeah, I hate my father, I hate my mother. And 50 years go by, they're still hating mama. And I'm like, you know, get over mama and move on. Life, there's so, life, there's so much life in us. I mean, real life in us. And it's so simple. It is so simple. The more you discover about it, the simpler it becomes. And you can't believe it. It's, I mean, you can believe it, but it's amazing. It is not in your thoughts at all. Yes, sir. Yeah, John I think that when you say the invisible becomes visible, the mind wants to run with that yeah. and create sort of fantastical observations, and that's the deception of the mind. In fact, reality, like you were saying, is, is very simple. That's why we need to get to know ourselves, because you will see that every word you hear, everything you see, your mind takes off with it, with it right away, defining it. You can hear something in this meeting. And right away, your mind will define what it means. It just runs wild with it. You're absolutely right. But if you can know yourself, then your mind wouldn't have that type of control over it. You know, I was putting a little heat on these two right here because I know if I put some heat on them, their mind is going to start messing with them. They're going to they're start doubting it or trying to define it even more so or, or wondering if I'm wrong or right. Maybe the preacher right, I'm wrong. The mind is a terrible thing to save. <laughs> Remember the, they, the NWCP said the mind is a terrible thing to waste? They were wrong. It's best to waste the mind and, and, and live from the other uh, intelligence, other, the way of seeing things. Were you, you done? Yeah, I guess one comment that I think is related to that is when you do come back to simplicity and the things that are invisible are made visible, it really does blow your mind because your mind is so used to some other way of sort of interacting with the world that you don't, you don't have a real observation of anything. The one thing that the mind hates more than anything else on earth is for you to doubt it, for you to leave it and start living from within. Because if you start doubting the thoughts, then it, it has no more power over you at all. And it knows that. It's a spirit. It's an you know, evil spirit, but the mind knows and if, ever, if it ever can get you to stop believing it, it, it has to die. Because it's all ego, it's all pride, which is of the devil. And our minds are of the devil. There's nothing good in it. It's all lies. Everything is a setup. When it tells you how wonderful you are, 
how bad you are, what's going to happen in the future, it causes you to remember the past. It's all from the devil. And God just wants you to live right now, here and now. That's all that is. There's nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. And then when you live in the present, there's nothing to worry about or even think about. Because you can see. It just worked out. It's working out for you. So you're absolutely right. It blows. If you have an afro like me, it'll make your hair straight. <laughs> if you have white folks hair, it'll turn it into an afro. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's, it's unfortunately that so many people are suffering. They're just going through life suffering unnecessarily. You don't have to suffer anymore. You can lay down your burden down by the riverside and move on with life. I saw your hand first. Yes. Uh, when you, uh, when you say we might, uh, must be, uh, be aware of that which, uh, which is invisible, it got me to be aware of one, uh, one fact of ourselves. We're only half here. We're here, uh, we're here uh, physically and cardinally, but we're not here spiritually. And this is what... Uh, what do you mean we're not here spiritually? We are... Uh, we are not uh, not complete, I should say. We have we are only ha we only have our cardinal uh, cardinal mental uh, mental, uh, mental ca uh, capacities, but we're not uh, we're only half we're only ha but we're not totally complete. We still uh, we still have to depend on the spirit uh, uh, the power of the spirit from our uh, from our uh, uh, heavenly fa uh, Father or to be uh, be complete as per as perfect as he is. And the only way to do that is to become aware that we're not perfect or we're anything but perfect. That we're not God, that's for sure. When you can realize you're not God, then you're okay. Because you stop trying and let him do it for you. Yeah, that's the old saying though, we should never go through life half caught, which we are tempted to do more often than not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. You have your hand? No. Oh, um, wow, that was earlier. I was just uh, thinking about what you were saying about focusing on self. Right. Like just, and, and uh, it will make like, I was just wanting you to make the distinction between being self-centered and focusing on self. Very good question. As a matter of fact, what I was just thinking, maybe I need to explain what focus on self means. Because people, a lot of people don't know the difference. Very good question. Anybody know the difference between being self-centered and focusing on self? Yes. Being self-centered is focusing on yourself in a very prideful way. I'm, I'm great. I'm better than angry at the world, you know, type of thing. But focusing on yourself is realizing that you are angry in whatever given situation or or whatever it is. Focusing on yourself is realizing those things that your faults in any given moment. This is so good. This is a very good question. I like these kinds of meetings. Anybody else want to put in that? You know what that means? The difference between self-centered and focusing on yourself, when I say you need to focus on yourself? Do you know what that means? How old are you? Oh, yeah, you should know. Uh, focusing on self versus... Focus on the girls. <laughs> <laughs> are the ruler of the universe, that everything revolves around you, and that your say is final, 
and focusing on yourself means that uh, you are taking a deeper look at yourself and realizing that you are not who you appear to be or you're putting on makeup and you have to take on the, off the makeup to see who you really are. I still even thinking about this man at 15. Uh, anybody else want to add to that? Yes, sir. The best way I can define, define that is that when you're a self-setter, you want you and you want to use your ego to define everything, uh, everything around you. Like he said, you want uh, want the universe to round revolve around you, and whatever, uh, and you feel you can use your judgment. But when you're uh, look, focusing at yourself, you're actually questioning yourself, questioning who and what you uh, what you are and are um, and begin to see that you're not uh, not as uh, not uh, as defined as you believe you're are. This is a perfect question. What's the difference between focusing on self and being self-centered? I love that question. Uh, Favor want to say something. I see it all in your eyes, Favor. I saw you. For me, it's um, watching what's not me, watching the not me, watching all the, you know, the thoughts that aren't me. That, you know, that that keeps me safe because you know, all most of my life, I've been wrapped up with the thoughts and the words in my head, and it's and it's just caused nothing but trouble. You want to say something? I didn't have my hand up. I know, I'm reading your mind. <laughs> yeah, mine is a terrible thing to say. <laughs> uh, I, I think I had one thought, which is that if you are not focused on yourself, then you're necessarily self-centered. So unless you focus on yourself, you are a self-centered person. So when, when God says, know thyself, know thyself, I'm, I'm understanding now we really don't know what that means huh? because we've been, you know, we've been defined as what self really is and it's hard to get away from that definition. That's what the problem is. And that's one problem with teaching. When, when we are taught things, we are brainwashed, we are dumbed down from really discovering things. And so it's hard to get past what we've been taught because our mind is, is uh, constantly holding on to words that we've been taught to define who we are. Isn't that terrible? I mean, it prevents you from really living your life. You're so locked in. And the moment you're born, the moment you come onto earth, somebody's going to grab you and start teaching. Say good morning. Say hi. What's your name? Say your name. It just starts and you just lose it. You lose that self-discovery. Uh, Irma, you want to add to that? No. What are you thinking about that question? Um, Everybody kind of dug touched on it, Ken. I agree with what they said. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can add any more to it. Uh, so you agree that what they said is right? I'm saying what Ken said. You know, if you're not focused on yourself, you are a self-centered. But person. she want to know what is self, though. What's the difference between self and self-centered? I think everybody hit it. I mean, if you're self-centered, you're thinking the world revolves around you, and you're focusing on yourself. You're looking at 
paying attention to those things that are wrong with you, your flaws, your shortcomings, and asking God to resolve those issues for you. But if it's true that you are not your thoughts, that means that your thoughts are not you, where is self? Which self are you going to focus on? You're looking at that ego self. Which one is that? But the ego self is not you. Right, but that's still the nature that you have to be saved from. I know, but what do you focus on if you're not... She want to know, uh, where, where am I that I should focus on me? Am I the me, the self-centered person? Or is there something else I need to be looking at? There's something else besides that self-centered person that's inside, but you have to get past that self-centered thing <laughs> before you can get to that. How do you know that's true? I see, it in my, I see it in myself. What do you see in yourself? That I'm a self-centered person. I mean, what's the evidence that you're a self-centered person? What um, that, mean? that I'm not thinking about these things on a regular basis. Uh, the spiritual you, things that you mentioned during the week. What are you thinking too about? Too busy, preoccupied with work and doing this and that. Instead of focusing on those things that really matter. Those uh -huh. spiritual things. <laughs> yes. You, you had your hand? Did you have your hand, Ken? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I would say that the, the self that you're, you're focusing on is you're observing yourself in, in the moment and you're observing the false self and as you see more of the false self, the, the real you uh, begins to exist. So it's, it's almost like a state of being. Those people that are focused on themselves, they're in a totally different spiritual state than those people that are self-centered. And so if you look at yourself at all times, um, you'll be in a different place when you're dealing with life. And so it has a different uh, texture to it. Are you guessing at that or? Yeah. Or did it come out of your thoughts? Yeah. It's, Are you sure that that's right? Your favorite sure is rolling the eyes. I am sure. Yeah. Oh, I mm -hmm. Yes. I have to agree with that. I, I have to say that uh, in the beginning, because we are prideful, that's really the only thing we have to focus on. We, we don't know who our real self is, and we won't know until we start focusing on that prideful self and get over that. And then, as you said, it will come out. The, the real you will, I don't know if you'll see it yet. I don't know if you'll see it, but I'm sure Have you, you ever seen the real you? Glimpses. Tall, you a little taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the real you in a red shirt? I don't know what you what you're asking. Who are you? Um, when I was younger, I think I knew who I was more. So you're maybe. absolutely right. Absolutely, one hundred percent correct. And then what happened? As I got older, things started getting difficult and changing, like a monkey wrench got thrown into it. Yeah, and what was the monkey wrench? I guess it's growing up. It was growing up? In the world, I guess. You think that's what changed you? Because you're absolutely, lutely, lutely right about what you're saying. When you were young, you knew who the real you were. But you don't know what brought on the change as you got older. Yeah, pretty much. You, you do know what? No. Or you don't know what? Okay. I don't know, I went to college, and then things changed. <laughs> I understand it, man. We're going to help you today to find, come back to that. Because you're right, little kids know who they are. They really do. But somebody, something happens that changes it. And by the time you're 13, 14, 15, 16, you start to lose it. 
And by the time you're 30, you're in the grade. But you're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. Um, that's because when you're small, your, your being is small. Yes. Okay. And you get your identity from where you come from. But then when you grow older, your, your personhood becomes bigger and so that there's more room in your inner man warehouse. So your identity is one day, like, like with this guy here, his identity needs to be filled with something greater than me. This guy at this age, you know, I'm all that there is as far as he's concerned. So when we get to his age or when I get to my age, I need something greater than my father to fill me up. And that's the invisible because we worship the invisible God. And it's not so much looking at invisible atoms or invisible light waves or invisible radio waves and so forth. We're really looking for a person to get an identity from, and that is God, who revealed himself through Jesus, his son, who dwelt among us. So you said that as your, as your boys get older, they need something bigger than you? Yes. And what are, what are they getting their identity from now? Where are they getting that? They're getting it from the scripture. They're getting it from me who right. gets my identity from the scripture. Oh, okay. And I get it by seeking the invisible God. And I find him not so much where he's visible. I'm aware of him in the sense like the wind, although I can't see him. But I feel his effects and I see him personally confirming something like that is the truth or you made the right decision or yes, you conducted yourself properly in this manner. You're real close. I don't want to forget your question. I'm going to come back. I want to just ride on this a little bit and come back for that. Um, and to you, what happened was when you were little, a young kid, you were innocent to the world around you. You had a lot of questions about things. Um, you know, you, 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 you discovered life. But somebody around you hated that in you. Most of the time it's the parents. And most of the time it's the mother. The mother, because she is angry and guilty and she can't, couldn't stand your innocence, she, instead of validating it, she destroyed it by causing you to become angry at her. By being impatient, you know, you ask too many questions or yelling at you and not validating what you knew was right. And you started to resent that. It could have been your father, it could have been the teachers, it could have been anyone. But the moment you start resenting the pressure uh, of the world around you, you lose your innocence and you wake up to that, their reality. You become like what you hate. And so as you were resenting your innocence, the light in you were going out and that you were becoming more familiar with the darkness in you, which is in your imagination. And so uh, that's how you lost it. And as kids get older and older and older, they react more and more and more with anger they eventually become just like their parents because you do become like what you hate and that's how you lost it and the only way you're going to find it, come back to that you're going to have to forgive you got to uh, be honest about who you resent and go to them and tell them because they couldn't help themselves either their parents did it to them Excuse me. so you're going to have to go to them whether it's your father, your mother your wife, the cat, the dog and say you know what, I resented you and here's why, and I realize you couldn't help yourself because I can't help myself now. Because that same spirit is in them, whether it's your mother or whomever, is now in you. And that's why you lost it. It's still there, but you're not going to find it until you can forgive. So God can forgive you and set you free from them so you can finally be yourself again. That makes sense? Yeah. 
And so do you know who you need to forgive? Um, I think there's like situations that I know about that like cause like issues. Yeah. So um, I pretty much know what to do. Yeah. Were you raised by your father and mother? Well, my, my mother, but my father was around. He was around, yeah. but not living in the home. Yeah. yeah, I guarantee you, if you could really be honest with yourself and take a look at how you really feel about her and about your father, it started there. Because, and and to add what he was saying, to build on what you said, what you may not realize is that you represent Christ in the home. You're you're the man. It's God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, and woman over children. And whatever you are, what your wife and children will become. And it, you have to be that living example of patience, honesty, you know, uh, working hard, providing for your family, but, but uh, spiritually protecting your family from the world around it, from the influences of the world. Your mother-in-law, you know, the, the, the NAACP, you know, all those folks, that kind of thing. But you and the preachers, the black preachers, the, one of the worst things that black folks have done in this earth is turn their wives and children over to the black preachers. Really. And it has been the worst mistake. It was worse than turning their lives over to the government and the civil rights leaders. These black preachers have taken black Americans for a ride. And the men have allowed it to happen generation after generation after generation. And we have a spiritual responsibility to protect our family from these people. God did not give us, say, hey, I'm going to give you a wife and children, send them off to church somewhere, or send them to some nonprofit organization and let them raise it. And it's in the man to do that. It's in us to do it. It's in the men to set that principle of Christ. But most people don't know it because it's been taken away from them, and they're just letting their families just fail generation after generation. But, so, your sons will be whatever you are right now. And then when they get older and they're ready to lay down that ego, they'll go to God because they love the Father, and it'll be easier for them to just lay the ego down, to die from that and live. But if they resent you at all, it's going to be difficult. Or if they resent the mother, you know, if they see your wife controlling you or you, and I don't mean beat up on her, but, I mean, if, she, if you can't make the decisions, you know, if she doesn't respect you, they're not going to respect you either. So, because you represent Christ in the home. When they look at you, they should see him. You know, and a lot of people read the Bible, but they're not that living example. The truth is in our heart right now. It's, and the Bible tells us to look inside for it. So, your faith should be in the truth that's in your heart, which is, which is God in you, and not the Bible. It's just a book telling you that. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the self. I like that question. Uh, anybody want to add? You had time to work your mind over time to think about it? Yes, sir, real fast. Okay, real fast. I also realized that upon, uh, upon death, we, uh, we lose all sen uh, sense of self or, e uh, or ego. So, when we, uh, so it may behoove us to know one thing, that we be when we be still, we're inviting a form of death to our e uh, ego because that is what... Uh, because that's yeah. the only thing standing between us and our relationship with our, our, our Heavenly Father. You're right. The greatest enemy for the ego is to be still and not overreact, not to believe the lie, but just be still 
and endure what you have to endure, overcome it. Because when you overreact to it, you give it life. And when you don't, you kill it. Because God said in order to live, you've got to die. You've got to lay down that prideful life, which is of the devil, in order to live. And, and, and it's not going to happen any other way. Self, self, self. So nobody want to add to it. You guys afraid to add? Yes. Um, uh, I want to add that um, something that's helped me a lot is the less I go along with the fantasies and the talking in my head, I let that pass, then my common sense becomes more clear yeah. the real me, and it shows me things. It shows me when I'm weak, and it shows me you know, what I need to see. And it yeah. doesn't talk to me, it just shows me. So when I, I let you know, the, the, all the, the fantasy you know, junk go, which is the false self that's giving me a false life, then the real, the real thing is happening. Let me just remind the, uh, people watching this from home, if you'd like to call in, it is 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND, or you can email radio, I mean church, church at bondinfo.org church at bondinfo.org. You know, uh, the Bible says that God created us, right? And once he created us in his image, his form, he, he uh, blew uh, breath into our bodies and we became a living being. Remember that? Anybody ever read that in the Bible? Yes. We became a living being. And that's, all, that's who we are. We are a living being. And what happens is, in, in being a living being, you cannot, you cannot define it. You just, you, you just are. You just live. You're, you're just a living being. And if you're living from within, you start to grow from that. You know, we have uh, his nature. We have his nature. So once you're born again, you enter into the kingdom of heaven within. You become a, a living, you know, living from that living being. All that we are, which is a whole lot, is a living being. But most people don't see it because they're so caught up in who they've been told that they are, and they're trying to live from that, which is of the imagination, which is of the ego. But we really are a living being. And that's what you're going to discover when you go and live from within, when you enter the kingdom of heaven from within. You will discover it is, my, it is I hate to use the word mind-blowing, but it is life-giving. It is everything to become a living being, to live that way. And, and that's, what, that's who we are, a living being. And you can't define it because if you do, you're going to put it in a box and try to build around that, and you're going to cut off life. You're going to weaken yourself. But if you just live it by discovering and living and one step at a time, one day at a time, one issue at a time, you become more of that, and you start to, uh, you start to naturally live from that as you've done with your imagination. Then not you. You're not your imagination. Did that help a little bit? And, it, and, and let me just say about living being, throw out all your definitions that you're getting right now because I'm sure the devil is just giving you all kind of stuff. Let those thoughts pass because he can't understand it at all. So it, whatever he's telling you ahead about it, it's all lies. Don't believe whatever he's telling you. You got to discover it and live from it. Just live by it. Live from it. And it is the perfect, it is the way God intended for us to live. And that's what Christ was talking about. But we've been so dumbed down. It's amazing how, and for me to understand this, anybody can understand it. I'm not a bright person. 
I grew up on a plantation. I picked cotton. I used to have to get up in the morning and go milk a cow before going to school. Anybody ever done that? You, know, you're not, you have not lived until you have to go out to the barn <laughs> and milk a cow <laughs> and then put the cow back out in, in the pasture, feed it, make it home, uh, heat up some water in the fireplace because we didn't have running water. We had to heat it up in the fire, take a bath in the tub, and be down the road at the bus stop by 7 o'clock. Really, isn't that a good life? <laughs> and so for him to allow me to see these things, and all you guys and ladies here are very smart and intelligent with degrees, he'll let you see it too. But we are a living being. And when you enter into the kingdom of within, you're going to live that way instead of being an outward being uh, of your father, the devil, a prideful person. Yes, ma'am. Yes. You said that we are not to listen to the thoughts, that our thoughts are evil. Right. Yes. And then on the other hand, help me understand. Speak up just a little bit more for me. On the other hand, help me understand how to think on these things. Very good question again. The way you think on these things is simply by you got to enter into the kingdom of heaven within. Then you can't help but think on these things. It's a natural way of thinking that become apparent to you. But until you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you cannot think on these things. You are subject and controlled by your thoughts, by your imagination. Because until you enter into the kingdom of heaven, uh, the, the devil is your father, and you can't help but believe his lies. He's always lying to you, setting you up, building you up, tearing you down, making you look here and there for everything when it's already here. Now what I want to talk about is how do you enter into the kingdom of heaven? That's the important thing. Isn't that an important question? Yeah. yeah. And how many people know that the kingdom of heaven is inside of you? And you know it because you read it, right? Or do you know it because you know it the other way? Do you know it? You read it, right. I read that for years. The kingdom of heaven is in us. Praise the Lord. And the preacher say, the kingdom of heaven is in us. I go, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And that's about it. And then I run home and tell everybody the kingdom of heaven is in us. Uh, but there, it is there. But the, the question is, how do you enter into the kingdom of heaven? Who thought about that? Nobody but the preacher. <laughs> uh, okay. You thought about it. And what did you think about it? What happened when you thought about it? Well, you wonder how to get there. wonder how to get there. That's right. And what happened then? Well, you know you got to sit and meditate and... You, have you been sitting still and praying? Sitting still and praying. And you haven't been able to enter in yet? Mm, in and out. You're in and out of the kingdom. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, I don't know, maybe getting close, or, but don't feel don't, totally. Don't be nervous. Or, you know, no, I mean, you're feeling close, but don't feel totally immersed. Okay. Who else thought about inner? Yes, and what, what happened when you thought? I just want to add something to what the, the question that the lady asked. Yes. And, uh, and your response. Uh, until you enter into the kingdom of heaven, as you, sa as you said a moment ago, uh, along the way you do have realizations. You really do have realizations. You can, you, you, you can see the truth. And, uh, you know, as I have seen myself, 
many a times, but I have, I have not been saved. I'm not saved. I just realized recently, you know, I'm not free. Yeah. I'm not free, okay? But yet, uh, you know, coming back to what I said before about when you, when you, look, into, uh, when you look into creation, what, what I, you know what, what, it, what it, it's truly a realization in that moment. I, what I can see is I can see the greatness in God that I cannot even perceive. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it, what it is. But, uh, but, uh, but, so I have realizations along the way, and I just wanted to bring that up. And you're absolutely right. God is so good that he does allow us to have a glimpse of it, especially those who are seeking after him. You have a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven on the inside, but I, I don't know why a lot of people don't enter in. Maybe because they're prideful or they haven't suffered enough. They feel they need more pain. You know, some people love to suffer, so maybe they haven't suffered enough. But you're right. You do get a glimpse of it at times. Some people hold on to it. Others don't. Um, anybody else want to add to how you enter into the kingdom? Yes, ma'am. Have you entered in yet? All the time. It's, uh, you enter in all constant. the time. I mean, I'm there. If it, if the spirit, if the kingdom of heaven is within us, then I, then I'm never without it. I'm always there. But I think, um, you know, day to, you know, when you're going about day to day. But when you have that moment, like when you pray, then you are entering in the kingdom of God. When you are, like you said, when you seek after Him then that's the moment that you, and you, you're quiet and you're not letting the thoughts go all berserko, then that's when you are in the presence of God and you can hear and hear God, what the direction, whatever God wants you to know or do. At that present moment, you know, you're there. And then as you go about your day, you can just keep connecting to that constantly, saying, God, I'm listening for you, your direction. As I go about, even when you spend your money, you can say, God, this is what you want me to do. And if you are staying in tune. Let me, let me clear up something for you. Because what you're saying is true, but the way to it is wrong. One thing that I want you to know, now God is God and he can do whatever he wants, of course. But he set up things so you can recognize his voice and, and, and recognize the voice of the devil, right? So what God does, he doesn't, you can't hear from him. He allow you to see. So he'll show you how to spend your money or what to do. It's like common sense to you. He'll show you what to do. And I hear a lot of Christians say, we know I'm waiting to hear from the Lord. And the devil say, well, you know, go about that house. <laughs> and they think they have heard from the Lord, right? Uh, uh, the devil say, go and marry that man or that woman. And you think, oh, I, I prayed on this man. I prayed on this woman, and the Lord told me to go marry her. You end up marrying the devil. You know, you wake up the next day, and you're like, Lord, I thought I heard from you. <laughs> so what God does, he allows you to see. The devil does, he speaks to you, speaks to you, and he tries to present himself as God because we have been told that his voice, this voice that we're listening to in our head is of God, and it's not. He reveals things to us. He reminds us of, of what is right. Uh, he's like common sense to us so that we are not confused by the two voices. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, somebody wanted to add on entering in, how to enter into, yes, how to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. 
something that helped me a lot was um, acting on what I saw and taking courage of my convictions. That moved me a long ways because for many, for a long time, I saw what I needed to do, but I didn't have the courage to act, and I just remained in my muck, you know. But there's a certain point where you can get to, and then when you see you need to act, whatever it is, speak up to a person, you know, and, and being patient. But there are certain things in your life, if you don't go beyond that, God, God can't save you because... Right, but how do you enter into the kingdom of heaven? That's what I want to help. Oh. This y'all need to understand. How do you in, have you entered into the kingdom of heaven yet? Yeah. You have entered in, and how did you get there? Well, how do you enter into through the, the being still, and then that showed me, you know, the separation of the fantasy and the thoughts and the light. Um, so that was the main thing, and I asked God to change my heart. I mean, I asked Him because I was nothing but a weak, cowardly, nothing. So I, 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 I asked Him and. He changed my heart. Okay. Anybody else want to add to that? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, the kingdom of heaven is, I'll say, like a country. And there are many kingdoms, so to speak, because there's God is the king of the kingdom of heaven. Then there's self that's the king of themselves and their own personal kingdom and in this life. And then there's the devil and his kingdom. We know that the way into the kingdom of heaven is a straight and narrow path, so it's very... It's not just, there's a tight border, so to speak. And there's, a, there's only a legitimate way to enter in so that the illegitimate doesn't come in and is not a member um, illegally, so to speak. Right. So to do that, we have to have God's life in us, and that life only comes from him. So that means that our current life needs to be purged away, removed. We come clean at the table and say, God, I am a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I need your nature to come in and to transform me. And I lay down my living for myself life because what many people do is they think they have dual citizenship where they live in God's kingdom but they really in name only are God's children but they ask God to bless them with their life and their doings and they live for themselves. And they're really not God's people. They're just them people with God's clothing and label the way that Adam and Eve walked around being dressed up in creation rather than being covered from within invisibly by God's loving hand. Those uh, kingdoms, different kingdoms that you're talking about, are they in us or above? Because the kingdom of heaven is inside of us, also is above. And that's what we hoped to return to once we aspire. Right. It, it's, it's everywhere a little bit of both, meaning uh -huh. it's so, it's invisible, we can't even perceive it. It's like a... So it is within us, but there is a place for us to go to when we die because our spirits go somewhere else. Have you entered into the kingdom of heaven within? I've entered through the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. I think our language is a little bit different, but through Jesus dying on the cross and me accepting his price for me, I've become born again by receiving his life being applied onto me. The same way that Adam... When, when God saw Adam, God put a lambskin on him and said, you can stay alive. Let me ask your wife, um, are, are, are you born again of God? Yes. So you enter into the kingdom of heaven? Yes. And do you live from within? Yes. And how did you enter in for the, we want to help this young lady get in there? Well, it, it happened for me, it happened in a rather drastic situation that kind of like a uh, Paul falling off his horse kind of thing and eyes being opened. 
uh, so I, I entered through a, a very hard situation, but what that situation did is it, it broke me. And once it broke me, it broke my, my self-life off and... You had um, a lot of anger? No, I had, I was actually, um, uh, I was very much controlled by my mother. I was raised by a single mother. Oh, man. And uh, she's very domineering, yeah. a teacher, you know, a teacher's teacher. Oh, and my God. Very smothering. And I, I'm, I'm very easygoing, very, you know, shy, normally kind of person. And she got to the point where she dominated me so, and um, I, 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 I graduated from college and tried to make some choices on my own, but I was really floundering. I was going through an identity crisis, and the Lord knew, and he sent, he sent a, 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 a teacher who was a pastor and his wife, and he just began to minister the love of uh, Jesus to me, just, to, you know, kind of off-the-cuff kind of thing, and I saw Jesus in, in a way in his life that I, I, I wasn't in mine, and I was a professing Christian, a professing believer, and so I said, well, Lord, I, I want whatever he has, and and God began to speak to me through dreams, heavily through dreams. And uh, once uh, a particular dream sort of came to pass through the situation, uh, my mother had me kidnapped and tried to have me deprogrammed. But God used that situation. Is your mother black? Yes. I never heard of a black mama. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They normally, they normally send you off and forget about you. No, no. I, I, come from a, I come from a middle class educated family. I grew up in Brookline, Massachusetts, which is the birthplace of JFK oh, kind of thing. You yeah. see what I'm saying? My, my grandmother put herself through Tufts University. You know, so she's got this, you know, I'm college educated kind of thing. And oh. so, you know, she has this ego that she has to support. Yeah. And as I chose the Lord, you know, that was a, a big no-no. So did you go back and forgive her? I did. You talked to your mother? No, I'm not talking to her now. I've, I've I, had to I said, but when you realized what was going on, did you go back to your mother and, and, and had a conversation with her? I did, yeah. and she chose to not believe me. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, you know, she, she is who she is. Yeah. You know, just as long as she doesn't, you know, cross over my boundaries, and, and she's, she's, she's done that <laughs> a number of times. <laughs> So every I, chance you get, huh? Every chance. And I, you know, I, yeah. I love my mother and I, I, I know respect her and honor her, but, you know, at the same time, this is my family. That's and, right. you know, we homeschool, you know, we're, oh, good. You, know, we're you know, they're, you know, you know, educators. Her, his folks are educators, my folks are educators, but we have homeschooled and we have unplugged ourselves from this world system. Well, no wonder your son is so smart, yes. the oldest one there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as long as you forgive her, yes. she doesn't have to apologize. Yeah. She doesn't have to admit that she is wrong. When you forgive her, God will forgive you and set you free from her. Yes. That's good. Yes. Right on. Um, the entering into the kingdom of heaven. Let me, the time is going by fast, so I'm a little rushed. Anybody want to add to what we just heard or about entering in? Yes. Yeah, I, you, know, you said enter into the kingdom of heaven. You heard that before? Yes, I have. Uh, have you ever entered in? Let me say it this way. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the light comes through from the Creator, from, from the Most High, and it's truth to me. Whether I believe it or, or, or doubt it or not, that's one thing. But that, to me, that is the kingdom of heaven. The light comes from the kingdom of heaven. And that's the truth within it. Right. It's just plain and simple. But I know I doubt it. So Why do you doubt it? It's my ego. Mm. It would go back to that. Think she was talking what about. is preventing you from laying down your ego? Why don't you just die from it? 
I, I, I see with me, it's, it's a subtle, subtle hatred, subtle resentment that I thought I'd dealt with and yeah. I see that I haven't dealt with. Well, it definitely will prevent you from. Yes, yes. I, I, I've been seeing it in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, and it's surfacing. And I'm, I want to know where, where, where it comes from, which I thought I had forgiven everybody. That I, you know, like she was talking about, I thought I'd forgive, but evidently there's something there that yeah. I'm covering up I don't want to see. Do you resent it. yourself or anything? Because if you resent yourself, it's the same effect that, that if you be, resent that, someone that else. That could be, but I, sometimes you can gloss over that saying, well, I don't hate nothing, I don't, I'm going to go along with this, I meditate, I do this and I do that. And then I'm finding out that's a lie. You know, it's, it's so subtle that I, even I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to take a look at it. So that's where I'm at right now. So it's hard to look at your resentment for yourself. I don't think it's hard. Yourself. I just think I just don't want to see it. It's not hard. Right. I don't think I like to use the word hard. I don't think I want to see it. And why not? I don't know. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, I, I really Very, don't know. I hear I, that I a lot. Sometimes I think there are times that go along that I get this, I, I, I hate to put a word on it or say, but it's like a, 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 a sheet or something just threw over me and I, I just blank out. I just, it, just can't think. Can't be the one thing I've noticed about most people, yeah. it is hard for them to look at themselves, that emotion that's still there, that anger that's there about themselves. It's hard for people to face it. It's like a death. It's like dying. And they feel like they're dying, not realizing that the spirit has made a home in them is dying. And so, but you're never going to enter in until you can do that. It's like I know that, and I've been knowing it, I've been hearing it, I've been knowing it, but I can't. I, no, I ain't gonna say I can't. I don't want to. You won't face it. it. Yeah, I, that's what it, yeah. better, for lack of a better word. I don't want to deal with it for whatever reason. That the little words come in there and yeah. stop me from really wanting to see it. Right. Not that I haven't seen it before. I have seen it before. Well, only thing, only advice I could give you then just suffer. Yeah, I'm just gonna, keep that, suffering. That's what, it's, that's what I'm doing. You're I'm gonna suffering. suffer, and then you die. Yeah. Now I won't die physically. I don't want to <laughs> die spiritually. But. <laughs> But that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Most people die with that anger, all in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But he's not going to force you to do it. He will at times try to show it to you so you can see yeah. what's holding you back. But he's not going to force it. He'll just he'll, he'll show it to you. And if you don't accept it, he'll go over to uh, well, I, I coffee really bean in the morning. Yeah, I really don't want to die in the name And get of a Richard. cafe mocha. <laughs> and he'll just watch you going through life, catching hell. Yeah. He and Jesus up there having coffee. Yeah, right. And watching that food. Kind of looking at crazy, Richard. <laughs> He's like, and Jesus and is like, I, I understand. Jesus is like, Dad, I tried to show you. You tried to show Richard. He's like, yeah, but yeah, he wouldn't right, do it. Right. How is your cafe mocha? It, you know, the other thought that came to me, uh, <laughs> I was dealing with some other things, that the, the commandments that we obey from God is, you know, it's like here. As long as we are below them and don't, don't honor them and respect them and do them, then we're going to suffer down here. Yes. And I don't know what that thought keep, keep coming to mind to me, you know, through my prayers. I'm going like, where am I? Say, you're below the commandments. Yeah. You know, there are commandments you must obey, and you're not obeying them. Well, just suffer another 50 years. <laughs> you're kind of old. You don't have much time left. Yeah. But like I said before, I don't want to suffer in the name of Richard, though. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I understand it. I wanted to say something about that. I understand it, though. I hear it all the time. I'm working with someone right now. I cannot get them to see that they are their worst enemy. enemy. They, the they have 
and a lot of people, I counsel truckloads of folks, so, you know, they are their worst enemy, and when you try to tell them what the problem is, even that ego won't let them even acknowledge that, yeah, I am the problem. This person is trying to tell me clues and tell me what's right, and I won't even listen to that. They can't even acknowledge that, and so everything they do, they're failing at it, thinking that it's going to work. And I'm looking at these people trying to make something work that's not going to work. I'm like, it's not going to work. And then time have gone by, and they still can't see that they're just, it's like spinning your wheels. Mm -hmm. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again because they're locked into this lie that this other way, the way that they're trying to do it, is going to work. It's not going to work. Our way are not, it's not God's way. Our thoughts are not his. It's not going to work. It's just simply not going to work. And if people just understand that, but the ego is so prideful trying to be God, it won't even let you believe that it's not going to work. Even if I hear what you just said, my thoughts, here we go again, it's going to get into my imagination. Yeah. And what you said, I want to gloss over it un unbeknowing yeah, that's to right. myself. That's and right. I, I, I noticed that this week because the reason why I said it, I had to take a test. And in taking this test, I heard everything the guy was teaching. I understood it. But when he actually put the paper before me, it was like my ego took over, and I had a book to go through. I started going through the book. I did about four or five answers in the book, which were correct. I closed the book and had it in my head, and I blew it. <laughs> just and, suffer. Yes. Suffer and die. And that, 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 that piggyback to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I... Um, uh, uh, as you guys know, we work with a lot of young men. And I used to think, when I was growing up, I used to think, if I had an adult to show me what to do, I would do it. You know, show me how to get my life together, I would do it. I used to think that. But I didn't have that. And so when I, God caused me to discover how to do it, my mission became to show other young men how to do it. Here are the steps. You know, I'm a limited example of it. And so I'm thinking, Maybe if they can see that I'm doing it and I'm telling them exactly how to do it, they'll do it, but they won't. It is the most amazing thing to me that I, it's not like it's not happening with me and they can see that it's happening. They still don't believe it. They still believe that their way is the right way. And even though they fail at it over and over, it's, it is, the, I'm going to write a book about this, I think. Talk about me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been talking to you for years too. But I'm telling them, here's how you do it. You, know, you work hard, you save your money, you don't party too hard. I don't say don't party at all. I say don't party too hard. You know, start and grow in things. You know, be patient. They won't listen to that. It is, it is, and I, and I know now it's all ego. Ego, once you allow it to take over your life, it doesn't want to hear any truth because it believes that it is God and that its way is going to happen. It really does believe that. And you'll go through your whole life going through that, and then you'll die, and nobody will remember you. You'll have people getting up at your funeral lying about you. Oh, Uncle Joe was a good man, very successful. His family loved him. You know, he was never on welfare, all lies. The kids crying, don't care, but faking it at the funeral because you're supposed to cry at the funeral, right? But you got to... I don't know. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You had your hand. I, I was thinking as you were speaking, I was thinking about uh, 
uh, the scriptures say that we are to love not our lives unto the death. And when we struggle with, you know, you know, I, I know to do right, but then I go and do wrong, it's because I still, I, I'm still in love with my life, and That's I still right. think that I can, I can do this, I can, I can work this out, I can say this, I can look this way, I can be this kind of person, and All God evil. is not trying to save this world, he's trying to save people, and That's he's right. trying to save us, and he allows, he is allowing everything that can be shaken to be shaken, so that only that which is of him remains, and if you are not in him or of him, you're going to fall. You're going to continue to fall. You're going to continue to, to bruise your knees and break your butt and everything else. And he's going to use everything he can to break us in order to remake us in his image. And the only way that we will do that is when we yield to the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. And he's going to let you just hang out there suffering until you finally say, God, I am not God. I'm sorry. Exactly. But let's talk quickly about entering into the kingdom of heaven because the time is going by. I'll come back to you in a minute. I, I, my time is running out. You know, God said that the kingdom of heaven is within and that we should enter in. Seek the kingdom of heaven and you shall find it. Seek the right way and you shall find it. And I made some notes here because I was thinking about this last night. And I wanted to try and make it as simple as I possibly can for you today. And I'm reading this book and this, this, uh, this person is also talking about this. And he could say it in ways that I can't say it sometimes. So I'm like, wow, let me jot this down. And maybe this will help the folks, you know. Because I'm telling you, if you don't wake up, you're going to suffer. It's going to get worse before it gets better. The world is mean. It's a mean world out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving the fact that I'm starting to do even more so what God does when I try to help people. You know, I give them the advice. I tell them what to do. They don't do it. I go down to the coffee shop, kick back. Because before I would really want them to make it, I will feel something about it. And the worst thing you can do is feel sorry for anybody. The moment you get into that emotion about the person, they're gonna take, you, you, you'll make your mistakes with them. You, you'll give them your money, your time, and, and they won't take it. But what I love about what God does, he, he gives us a warning sign. You're about to fall off into a ditch. And if you don't take it, he'll let you just go fall into the ditch. He'll let you go homeless. He'll let you, whatever, you, you could become a prostitute, a liar, a thief. And he'll just get up every morning. They go down to the corner of Beverly and Crenshaw and get some coffee, turn on that big screen. They have a, God has a flat screen now. <laughs> and recently they, they bought some HD, the HD thing. So he really can see us what we look like, right? But he, he let us suffer. He's not up there crying about it. He doesn't feel sorry for us. He's not feeling anything about it. He just let us die, and he'll create another one. And maybe this one will get it right. And if that one don't get it right, he'll let that one die off and create another one. And maybe somebody will get it right. But we in our fallen state, we tend to feel sorry for folks, and we take on their pain, and, and they take advantage of us. Have you noticed that? Anytime you take on another person's pain, they're going to take advantage of you, whether it's your your husband, your wife, your children, your cousin, your aunt, my dear, Aunt Tay, anybody. They'll take advantage of me because you're emotionally connected with them and you can't see what you're doing. But anyway, so to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you got to first forgive. You got to forgive. The only way that I was able to enter in is that God allowed me to see that I resented my mother 
who was controlling and trying to keep me away from my father, and that she had no patience with me, and whenever I would ask about my dad, she was mad about it, or she didn't really validate any truth in me at all, and I resented her for that. I resented my father for not being there to protect me from my mother. He allowed me to see that, and when he allowed me to see it, he caused me to forgive them. He caused me to do it, because it's a spiritual thing. You can't make yourself forgive someone. I'm sure a lot of you have tried to make yourself forgive, and the next time you see that person, it's right back. You can't make yourself do anything. You just have to see that you're wrong. And by allowing me to see this, he caused me to realize I can't change anything. So I went and forgave my parents, and I told them why I resented them, and I said, I'm sorry for, for hating you. I realize now you couldn't help yourself. And I'm wrong for hating you because it's holding me back in life. And in that very moment, he allowed me to enter in and see things in a different way. Operate from love instead of from hate. He also caused me to realize that of myself, I can do nothing. I cannot change my life. I can't do anything but acknowledge or see that I can't change it. I, can't, I know nothing and I can change nothing. And by allowing me to see that, I don't have a desire to be smart or to try to change my life. It's not even a temptation. It's not even there to try it. I just live my life now. Because before I was trying to change my life, I would read the Bible and quote the scriptures and go into church every day and try to be nice and all that kind of stuff. And nothing changed. I got worse instead of getting better. But he allowed me to see, once he allowed me to forgive, he caused me to see that I couldn't, of myself, I could do nothing. And so if you know of yourself you could do nothing, there's no reason to hate yourself. There's no reason to be frustrated with life because you can't change anything anyway. Does that make sense? Only ego-driven people are frustrated with life because it's not going their way. They want it to happen their way, and if it's not happening that way, you get upset or you become depressed or you become afraid or you become this or that. But if you can see clearly that of yourself you could do nothing, then there's nothing to worry about. Why be mad about something you cannot change? That makes sense. But you can't see that of yourself. I'm sure in your mind right now you're saying, yeah, that's right, I can't do anything. But if it's not spiritually showing to you, you don't have it yet. Next week you're going to get caught up in your troubles and trying to change things. You're going to get mad at your enemies. You're going to get mad at this and that because you haven't realized that you can't change anything. But he caused me to realize that, and he allowed me to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And entering in, and that was like 20 years ago now, give or take, I've discovered um, there is a, uh, I am a being, and th but there is a, a, a light within me, and the light is the love of God within me. And he's caused, he's like, he has connected with me, and he's causing me to live from that love. You know, just, just be. I can't define it. Just be. Just live my life. Deal with the challenges and issues, and just live your life. Just be every day. Just be. And he's taken away all of my pain. I have no grief, no sorrow, no sadness, no worry, no fear, and no doubt. None at all. And I used to have all of those things. And maybe some more I can add on to. If they came up, they would attack me. But he's took it away, and I don't try to protect myself from the world. 
It's like I'm automatically protected from the world. It's like an, um, an invisible bubble is put around me, and I, I deal with a whole truckload of stuff. When you deal with people, you deal with stuff. People mean, dishonest, nasty, fake, everything. And I deal with these folks feeling nothing about it, really. In the olden days, they, I, it, would be, it would be over with for me. I've been wiped out a long time ago. <laughs> but because I'm not attached to them, and I understand that it's not them, but it's the spirit that's driving them, I know it's not personal. And that's what happens when you live from within. You start to see the world as you see yourself. You see the world as it is. Really, it is so amazing, folks. And, and even what I'm telling you now is small in what you will discover. That's, I don't want you to hold on to what I'm telling you because there is so much in this kingdom that you're going to discover all the time. You grow from it. But there's a light within us that guides us, and he let us know things. It's called the Holy Spirit. He teaches us. He guides us. He instructs us. He perfects our lives, and he already has a plan laid out for us. Our life is already laid out. But unless you die from this ego life, you're never going to find this other life that's laid out for you. And you don't know the plan. And you don't need to know. You just live it as you discover it. It is so interesting. But you never, ever, ever, but never. Now, God can do what he wants. But you're never going to enter into that kingdom of heaven with anger. You've got to forgive. Because anger is judgment. Judgment is the nature of the devil. And you can't bring the devil into the kingdom. You can't serve two gods. So you've got to forgive. And if you're still getting angry at yourself and at others, you have not entered into the kingdom of heaven. He's not going to let you in with that. Because that's darkness. That's of the nature of the devil. And so if you want to know if you enter in or not, look at your anger. If you have anger, the answer is no. Really, it's no. You've got to forgive first. And let me make some, uh, anybody want to say anything real fast? No? I'm doing good right now? Yes, Pat. You know, I think I noticed about myself this week was uh, I tend to get angry uh, if my team, so to speak, is losing. And I mean that, you know, on the outside. Yeah. And I can mean that in a literal. I used to watch baseball and sports, and I still, if my team loses, even to this day, I don't know any of the players, don't know what's going on, but That's also, right. if my team isn't winning, I get kind of mad about it. Yeah. And the same thing happens in politics or culture or whatever. I'm not, I'm not telling you guys how to vote. I just want to use that political thing as an example. In, in this presidential race right now, it's anger on both sides. Yep. Nobody's in the center dealing with this thing. People are mad. If, if, their, if their person go up in the vote, they feel good. In the poll, if they go down, they feel bad. And people are mad at each other over two million <coughs> running for president. And that makes sense, right? They are mad at each other. They are mad at the, the people who are running. They're like angry. I'm like, it's just a vote. It's just a man. The, the, the government ain't no good no how. I don't care who running the government. None of them are any good. What are you mad about? You know, but they are. And, and if you guys notice, you guys are angry too. If a rock go up in the pole, you're mad. If a cane go up, you're mad. And, and you, you make a good point. You should not be mad about that. It's not... God's going to take care of his own. I don't care who get in there. If you're truly his, he's going to take care of his own. Doesn't that make sense? 
But Christians are beating each other up with the Bible. But there, there's a justification in my mind that keeps it alive, I realize. Which yes. is kind of like, you know, they're attacking this good person. You know, so there, there seems, instead of me just being mad, it somehow becomes a righteous anger <laughs> that allows me to stay mad about it. That's right. It's all, it's all ego, all pride, not of God. But when you forgive, that will not happen to you. You'll look at the world fighting each other, and you can't even be mad about it. There's nothing, because you have no anger. Perfect love casts that out. Anger is, is fear and doubt and worry and, and all that stuff, right? So, but when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, then you have perfect love, and you can't be mad about politics. If I got mad about politics, I wouldn't be able to do radio. <laughs> I'll be fighting with everybody. <laughs> but because you have not entered into the kingdom of heaven within, you're of your father the devil, you don't know that it's happening. It seems justified to be mad about that. I don't care if it's a man is black or white or Mexican or Indian. There's no reason to be mad. You have a right to voice your opinion to get involved but not be angry. Be angry and sin not. You have love and not anger. Did you finish that? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, also, Romans uh, 13, God, God puts in there whoever he wants, I guess, whatever, whoever he wants. It's, uh, I want to say something else. Uh, the devil got kicked out of heaven because uh, he wanted to play God. Right. He wanted to be God. And that's what we are trying to do in life now, to be God. Thinking that our way is better than him, but not realizing it's not, we are not thinking that it's the spirit that's made a home in us that came from resentment that is living through you, making you think that. But it sounds like you, it feels like you, but it's not you. It's something else living inside of you. And that's why, and it lives off of anger. It lives off judging others. Let me just make this quick point. I have about four minutes, three minutes left. Uh, you must forgive in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And this person put it right. He said, forgiveness is to relinquish your grievance, and so to let go of grief. When you stop being angry at other people, you're going to let go of grief as well. Because when you're angry, you're putting out hatred, and that's what's coming back on you. But when you forgive, you let grief and everything else go, and you can live a free life. Your spirit is free. Really, you have no anger inside of you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't speak up, you deal with folks. You're just not mad about them because that's them, it's not you. That makes sense? Yeah. It's something happening out here, it's not happening in here. But if you're angry, it's happening inside of you too. And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, yes, ma'am. Oh, I just wanted to like, add on. Like, um, so, because as I'm hearing this, I'm thinking, like, how do you stay consistent? You know, like some, I, I'll, I'll forget and get angry at something, and then I'll be like, "Oh yeah," or at a person. I would say people in particular, because that's what we deal with all the all day. So you just have to keep reminding yourself that it's not like that no. spirit. It's, it's, I you mean, it's not that person. Yourself. It's like the spirit. So I guess to come and correct something within you, that's how you come in contact Very with good. those kind of uh, issues. And Very stuff. good. When you are born again of God by realizing you're not God and forgiven, then that spirit is no longer there. So you don't have to remind yourself not to be angry. It's just not in you to be angry. You just don't resent at all because it's no longer in your nature. You have a new nature now, which is of love, which is God's nature 
inside of you, you live from that. So you don't have to remind yourself not to resent. You just don't. You, you, you just don't do it. It's just it's not there. Yes. I mean, I, see, because you can't be halfway born again. <laughs> <laughs> no, like right now while we're in here, and then maybe 20 minutes or maybe a, a, three, four, five hours from now. Right. And then something will happen, and I might, you know, react to whatever that is. And, but, and then I have to go here like, oh, yeah, that, you know, just let that go. No, you know, don't. Re and the only way you got to remind yourself because you haven't entered in yet. The light will protect you from that. Because now, just think, if you have a new nature and anger is not in there, there's nothing to remind yourself of. Right. There's nothing to, I mean, if I had to remind myself not to be angry, I'd stay mad all the time. <laughs> no, but because I mean, people always no, come like at you're me. you're fine right now, but <laughs> yeah. then something happens and it causes No, things are always happening out there. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, you're, you're fine with, like, you know, something happens now and you say, okay, when you deal with it, in a right way, and then maybe tomorrow something happens and you. But if you're born again, if you've dealt with today right, tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't you worry about it. You know what I mean? We are out of time. I, I wanted to share this with you guys. And uh, we have five minutes to go? Five minutes to go? Yeah. Oh, okay. Five minutes before I make the announcements, or five no, minutes of time is up? It. Oh, okay. I'll finish up on this next, I'll finish with this next Sunday. Let me just say, say this to you and, and out there. See, uh, God's nature is perfect love. And if we are born again of his nature, he gives us a new nature, which is his nature. And in that nature, there is no anger. So you don't have to worry or think about, hey, I'm not going to be mad at this one. I'm going to watch it, right? Don't worry. You can't, you can't do it because it's not inside of you to do it. It's only there when you're not of God, you're of your father, the devil. <laughs> That's what, I was in there. right? No, <laughs> and so that's what I want people to understand. He gives you a new nature, and in that you start to live. But it's come from within, not up here. So that's why if you still have anger, I don't care how much you know the Bible, you don't know God yet. You know about Him, you heard about Him, but you have not been born again yet of His nature. It will change once you enter in, but you've got to forgive. And so here's what I recommend. You admit to yourself that you still have anger and stop pretending that you're a child of God. Just say, you know what? I, I, I'm not. It's best to admit it so you can find it rather than lie to yourself and suffer all your life. Because the moment you can admit it, your ego starts to die anyway. Because if you notice, the ego does not want to admit that it's wrong. It won't say, you know what? I'm wrong. Well, maybe I don't know God. You know what I'm saying? Because it wants to deceive you to make you think that you do. But if you have anger, you don't know God. Here's what I recommend. That you admit it to yourself. And then I want you to sit still and pray. You know, commit to prayer. Not this hooping and hollering stuff. You don't have to be all, please God, help my mama. You know, all, all that stuff that folks do. You know, it, it ain't necessary. God is giving you a spirit. All he wants you to do is sit still and allow the truth to catch up with you. He's real smart. He can handle it. So he doesn't, he said that when you pray, you don't know what you're praying for anyway. You know, you ask things that you don't really need. And he give it to you, it destroys you. So it's best to just be still and know him. I recommend that. And then just, you'll know, it'll happen. It'll happen on its own. 
And, it, and I, someone told me yesterday, I don't have the desire to overcome something they were telling me about. I said, well, ask God to give you the desire. So if you don't have it, ask him for it, and he'll give it to you. You know, God, I want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's all you need to do. And the devil is going to come and define that for you. Oh, you're already in there. Just study the Bible. <laughs> you got to pray a little longer. You go to church a little longer. All lies. So if you don't have it, he'll give it to you. But be still and know, and then be honest with yourself. That's all I ask you to do at this point. And it will come. It will come. All right? And um, I have a little prayer CD called Be Still and Know on my website. And you can go to bondinfo.org. And I recommend you get a copy of it if you don't like it. But it just shows you how to calm down and let God take over. That's all I did. The more I let go, the more he take over. The more I wimp and whine and beg, the further away he goes from me. But when you shut up and let and know, he will give it to you. Go to my website at bondinfo.org and get a copy of Be Still and Know. Um, if you have questions, you can continue to email us, and I'll answer them next week right here in this meeting. Also, if you need counseling or any advice, call 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. We also need your tithe and offering. We need your support. We want to buy cameras so that you, know, you can see the folks in here who are talking, other things we need to do. So we need your support. You can also order, order your copy of the Sunday service without God heal my eyes. Without, <laughs> what does it say? Oh, order the copy of the Sunday service webcast today. Did I do it right there? Yes, order your copy, all right? But if you have any questions, you know, you feel free to call me at 800-411-BOND. But I want you to be still and know God. Let the truth catch up with you. The more you let go, the more you come out of denial, he will reveal himself to you. The kingdom of heaven is within us. And also, forgive. You've got to forgive. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. <laughs>